Welcome to the Conic Blueprint, where we talk about topics in the recruiting and staffing industry with the end goal to help improve people's lives. I'm Jen Fitzke with my co-host, Tom Gettle. This podcast is brought to you by Conic, a technical recruiting company focusing on architecture, engineering, and manufacturing positions in the Midwest. Find out more at conicnetwork.com. Welcome to the Conic Blueprint podcast. Jen Fiske and I are here. We are excited to celebrate our 10th podcast. So, Jen, we are making it happen. We're at 10. This is so exciting. <laughs> yeah. We thought for for the next three podcasts, we'll do a, a series around the, the candidate experience. And uh, we'll break it into three different parts, uh, one being the uh, interview preparation, and then the interview itself, and then the third, recording the uh, the follow up uh, after interview. So Jen and I will we will be talking amongst ourselves, and we're, we're excited to, to dive in. After nine episodes of having uh, special guests on uh, per episode, we're going to uh, do a little uh, freestyle and then give advice to, to candidates that are uh, entering the job market and, and getting ready for their interview process. So we're excited to get going. Here we go. Ask you, yeah. the, I think you and I both have um, unique perspectives on what makes a great resume. So why don't you, if you could give me your examples, and then I have a few examples probably as well that I'd like to probably piggyback off of if you don't mention them on your own. So. Absolutely. Yeah, for, for me, what makes a great resume is it's it's not so much the exact words that a candidate uses, but but a, a first impression for me, what makes a great resume is a well-balanced document, whether I'm viewing it on my laptop or mm-hmm. doing the printed version it is a little bit of a of an art work, uh, to be honest. It, it should be balanced. The white space should mm-hmm. be there. Should be plenty of white space. You know, not not like half page resume, but just plenty of balance on the left hand and right hand, and the top and the, the bottom of the resume. There just should be plenty. Uh, there should be an extra space uh, between, for example, uh, education and experience. Uh, so it's, mm-hmm. it's clean and, and simple. Um, and then once they start to read the resume, I, I really, you, 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 you can, you can tell a resume that's, that's well written, just, just good grammar, you know, good to great grammar, um, using, you know, words that are descriptive and, and actionable words, uh, that to just really explain what a person does. And it absolutely, you know, you, you can tell when a, when a resume is proofread, right? I mean, you can tell when mm-hmm. someone really spends time in their resume versus you can read a resume and, and tell that someone was in a hurry when they, when they prepared this, right? Um, right. And for me, just, it, it is a little bit of, and, and I just, I guess I just appreciate a well-designed resume with plenty of white space. And, and when you can tell that someone really spent their, uh, spent their due diligence to write a good resume. It, I just appreciate it. I think. I agree. I agree. I wrote down a good layout and what you're talking about with the white space. I know a lot of people, um, 
use that white space and they take it up because they want to cram so much on the resume and just get so much in there. Mm -hmm. Um, But a general rule would be the one inch header footer and the left and right hand margins. Uh, And that is important because we want our eyes want to follow down the page and you need white space to help do that. Right. Um, Know your audience is something that I put in there. Uh, Who is going to read your resume? It's going to be most likely an HR person and it's also going to be a technical person. Mm-hmm. Um, or a hiring manager, not maybe not necessarily technical if somebody is listening to this that might be in accounting or something. Mm-hmm. But know, know your audience and put your achievements on there. And we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to pet peeves. But um, what have been your successes in your job? And make sure that you're talking about those. And also, um, like you mentioned the education and the experience, I think from a layout perspective, uh, and I don't know if we want to link this somehow in our show notes. We gave a town hall last year where we talked in depth about resume writing and formatting. And um, one of the resources that I drew on for that town hall was the ladders.com. And they have a lot of great suggestions for resumes. And one of the things that they're so good at is they can give people examples of resume layouts based on your discipline and your industry. So that I always like to recommend going back to that website for people to take a look at. And they've got their success verbs that they like people to use. So instead of saying I was responsible for, um, say I exceeded my goal or I delivered this project ahead of schedule and under budget by X percent. Right. Those are, those are important things to highlight. Led a project or, Mm -hmm. um, right. Use an actionable word to to really draw out what you, what you did. Yeah. I love that. Right. Yep. Great. And they've got a whole list. So those are, that's on the ladders.com for folks to take a look at. Perfect. So without you really naming, well, without naming names, Jen, uh, when you're, <laughs> do you have particular resumes that you've seen in, you know, you've, you've I'm sure you've viewed tens of thousands of resumes over your career. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything in particular that really jumps out that's like a definite no-no or a pet peeve for you when you review a resume? Yes, I am rubbing my hands together because I love talking about this <laughs> because it's really obvious when it comes in. And I understand why people do it because they're not the experts in writing resumes, but I, I really encourage people to look at a variety of resume examples online instead of copying and pasting their job description for their current position and putting it on their resume. Um, you can pick those out immediately when they come in. They might tell me what the tasks of your job jobs job is at your employer, but it doesn't tell me anything about what you've actually done. What were your accomplishments there? What were the programs that you spearheaded or led? Or what is the project that you were awarded? Um, Those are the things that employers want to see, no matter what your discipline is. 
Uh, and, you know, there are some of those positions that are very task oriented. And I understand that, but make it individual to to you and your your contributions to that role. You can always find something. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I think my the biggest pet peeve for me is just just obvious grammatical errors on the resume. Mm-hmm. Uh, just even even you know the basic spell check hasn't been completed. It's it's um, it's definitely one one that um, you know can contrast that against a resume that that uses you know very good grammar uh, uses uh, descriptive words, uh, very clear writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and consistent punctuation. If with bullet points, there's a debate. If it's use a bullet point, do you need to use a period at the end? And for right. me, it isn't so much whether you do or you don't, as long as it's consistent. Use a it's period consistent. with the first bullet point, then use a period at the end. Like that's that is for someone in a uh, with a master's degree in English to give me that answer. <laughs> for me, it doesn't <laughs> matter as long as if there's if you're you know, if you don't capitalize the first word in a sentence. Like for me, that's an obvious pet peeve for me. It's, it's uh, like, why wouldn't you just capitalize the first? This is a, uh, this is a business document. Uh, let's, let's at least have the basics of, of uh, punctuation and spelling down, right? <laughs> Are the random capitalizations of words in the middle oh, of yes. sentences. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. yeah. Like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think and, for us, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I think I think just what, what would be helpful for people that aren't sure. People are thinking like, "Gosh, is, is my resume you know, up up to par?" You say, have someone, anyone, you know, send it to to me, send it to Jen. We'll review it quickly and give you some quick feedback. But definitely have have someone that you trust uh, to give you candid feedback. Have them review it and say, "Hey, what what are your thoughts on this resume?" Just to you know that 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 exercise I think would would um, improve anyone's resume. Right. Right. And I, I know I mean, we did a whole town hall on resumes, so we won't repeat it here. But one of the things that I just want people to understand is really know your audience. I talked to our recruiter, Colleen O'Neill, who specializes um, for our audience. She specializes in architecture, interiors, and she does engineering placements on the structural side. And so for the creative positions on the architectural and interiors, she was talking about how for style, because I know in, in engineering, I'm going to back up a little bit. In engineering, right. our resumes tend to be very structured, right? They're chronological, they're black and white, they're one, uh, they're one uh, font, you know, they're very traditional fonts. You know, we're not using century Gothic or whatever they're called or comic sans. We're not doing that. We're aerial. We're, you know, all that. So she said, you know, Jen, really anything goes for that. She said there can be pictures of projects on the side of the resume. Um, She said it is still important for them to list their technical skills and chronological resumes with the dates are still important versus a skills-based resume. So I would like people to take that away. Um, as a to-do and project lists are very important, both on the engineering side and the art. I'm just going to call it the, the more artistic side on the architectural and interior side. Right. And she said portfolios for uh, that 
uh, population of people is very important. In fact, when they apply online to companies on their own, they're asked to submit their portfolio. So whether they mm-hmm. have it as a link on their resume, they'll also have a separate separate documentation. And for the project managers that might not have portfolios anymore of designs, they're still creating a separate document page that ex- is an overview explanation of what the projects are. So the project types, if they can't list the name of the project because of an NDA, that's okay. But giving this project size and the scope of the budget that they managed and the size of the team that they managed, that is all important to, to include as well. And then the other thing I wanted to bring up that I thought was so fascinating because I haven't seen this yet in engineering for U.S. candidates. I see it for uh, uh, international candidates, but Colleen is seeing this more on the uh, artistic side of architectures and interiors. People are starting to put their pictures on their resume. Yeah, and I see that. You do. And so I find this fascinating, especially as, as we'll talk probably in a future podcast about um, diversity and inclusion I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know where uh, I come down no, I on think, that. What do you think? I, I think it is a blend of social media making its way into a, a more traditional document. Mm-hmm. We use LinkedIn all the time for our recruiting and every, yeah. you know, LinkedIn recruiter, which is, which is the version of recruiter uh, version of LinkedIn that, that many professional recruiters use to source candidates. I mean, every single mm-hmm. profile, I mean, 90% of the profiles have their picture. Um, so I think it's a natural progression of people are so used to having their profile picture on social media. So why not have it on a document that, um, that you'd use in, in, um, in applying for a position. I think it's, it's, uh, an effect of the, um, the social media nature of, of the job search. That's a great perspective. Yeah, social media has changed so much about how we hire and recruit or at least um, not hire maybe so much, but um, how we find candidates, that's for sure. Right. I know yeah, we I think, talked about that before. Yeah, at first it is when you see it. And it's, to me, it's like it's for a split second, it's like, okay, why, why would you put your picture on your resume? And that, that's how candidates used to do it many, many years ago. Um, and, and it had gone away. Um, but now I think it's, it's organically coming back. You know, I think you'll see it a little bit, a little bit more over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I I'll, I'll be interesting to see when it bleeds over into, into my disciplines into mechanical and manufacturing engineering. I haven't seen it yet. Great. So what do you think uh, about resume link gen? There's, there's a, I often, I often talk to candidates and they'll say, you know, I, I have you know, 20 years of experience and I've always been told that the resume should be one page. Uh, mm-hmm. What is your perspective on that? I think at least go to two. I think and if you have 20 years of experience, you should have, and you do have enough accomplishments um, and probably accolades from your employer, put them all out there. Uh, you, it, you're going to need to be careful in how you organize and you do need to make sure that you edit down what you're going to add. But I go back to know your audience. What is the position that you're applying for? If you're applying for a project leader 
and in a formalized position and you have informal leadership experience, the resume that you're going to be using is going to call out all of that leadership experience that you have so that it is pretty obvious to the reader that that's your candidate to consider and bring in for an interview versus a generalized resume where you're just throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. So, yeah, I think unless you're entry level and you've got more than five years of experience at at one or two employers, a two-page resume is just fine because you're going to need a space for your summary statement, which is four to five sentences. You're going to need space for your skills section, um, you're, and then you're going to need your education and then you're going, to, well, your education will be at the bottom if you have more than one job and then your, um, your space for your employment. Um, and depending again on your accomplishments and, and what you want to add, I could easily see that that goes into two pages. It doesn't have to be two full pages, but go use that second page, use that real estate for entry yeah, level. I agree. Yeah. And then I have some pretty strong opinions for entry level. I have had entry level resumes come in that have been three pages. Oh my gosh. I don't need that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a little, you know, little wordy for, for entry level. Yeah. They can entry level. I want to encourage them to keep theirs to one because right, I agree. yeah, your impressions to your, to your engineering manager, you want to think about what a three page resume is going to say to that manager. Um, do you understand the value of your previous experience? Um, I have had an entry-level candidate make a really strong point for some things on his resume. So we edited it down to two, but he had multiple internships and he had multiple um, part-time jobs through college that actually related to the job he applied for. So yeah, and no, that makes sense. That made sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. I like, what I like that. Think? Yeah, I agree with that. I think, the, you know, if someone you have five or less years of experience in general, you could probably have a one page resume. Yeah. And I understand the why behind that. I think most people were told in high school or college, you know, keep your resume to one page. You know, at that time in high school or college, you don't have a lot of experience yet. Um, and also, you know, I think, I think that general rule was, just made up in a time where every resume was on paper, right? Mm-hmm. You wanted to have one, one page document. Someone could just review one page. They don't need to find the second or third page or flip it over. Um, but now in a digital age where everything is digital to have a two page resume, it's just one button, right? Just hit the page down button and now you're on page two. <laughs> I would say anybody that has more than five years of experience, if it's not more than one page, you're selling yourself short. You're not able to sell yourself or your background uh, well enough to, to tell your story about what you can mm-hmm. do. I would say, if you let's say, for example, you have 15 years of experience, I would spend more space describing the last five years of your experience than yes. five plus. I think most... A recruiter or a hiring manager, they're most interested in you know, what skills do you have sharp and what have you sharpened over the past five years? What industry right. have you been in? What design tools have you used in the past five years? So let's be honest, 
the software tools that were being used five years ago are pretty irrelevant. You know, maybe perhaps it's 2D CAD, for example. Uh, and, and, you know, if someone has used the latest software and latest tools, a manager is most interested in that as well as the, you know, someone has five years of recent medical device experience. Well, that matters. Right. Versus if someone has been out of medical device for 10 years, for example, it's not not as relevant. So you want to want to put more weight on the recent five last five years of experience. Um, and if you have 15 years of experience, then by all means, I think two two pages is great. I would use a full two pages and, and make sure that you you um, expand upon uh, your more recent experience. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I'd agree. Yeah, well, we don't have to worry so much about staples coming out of pages anymore and <laughs> right. using them. But there is a point. I mean, I, I would say, you know, someone, if someone has, you know, 20 plus years of experience, I, I don't mind a three page document as long as it's relevant, as long as, as you have, someone has enough um, content to, to, to tell what they've done over the past, you know, 20 plus years of experience. But I would say at the very at the most, if you have a lot of experience, you know, 20 plus years of experience, I would say you know, three page pages maxed. What do you think? I think three even gets to be a lot from experience and feedback mm-hmm. from managers and HR. So when I see them come in before I get back to the candidate, I, I take a good read through it to see, okay, why is all of this information on there? Sometimes right. they are general resumes that the person is sending. And oh. then I can talk to that person about, okay, can we edit down to what's relevant to this position, to what I know. And this is the value that a recruiter gives the candidate. I know what the hot button issues are for this manager and for this HR person. So I can help that person edit that down. Um, a lot of times in my disciplines that I recruit for, the what goes into the third page uh, could be patents and awards, publication, Yes, those are going to, we're keeping those. That, yeah, perhaps the those, project. That, yep, that third page is. Yeah, I would that. agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. That's, that's a real good point. I, I, would, I would say as a general rule, you know, two pages max, right? Yep. That third page, I like the idea of using that almost as an index. Right. Page where it's patent, like you said, uh, special projects, uh, project lists, mm-hmm. references. You know, some, some people want to put the references on a resume, which, which uh, is another, another question, but um, sometimes re- references can go on page three. So that's mm-hmm. information, right. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that references being on a resume. You know, there used to be that. Um, well, and I still see this all the time references provided upon request. What do you think about this? Yeah, I actually, I like to keep it that way. I just think in a, the, the, I, the first thing I think about is, is privacy. Um, yeah, this information being online, I think out of respect for the people that you're yeah. the, out of respect for the references, uh, those individuals, uh, I, I would, I would suggest references available upon request. Yeah. Yeah. Just be Even ready that- when, when those are asked, be ready. It's like, yep, here you go. Right. You know, we talk about resume real estate, that phrase when working with a recruiter anyway, I, I always take that off, that phrase off, because the can't, the 
clients know that we're going to be providing them. And it's to the point now where candidates are talking about when they're sending their resumes into companies, sometimes the companies want references right away when they're filling out their application online. Exactly. So, you know, if you need, yeah, if you need real estate on your resume, you can take that simple phrase off and definitely, yeah, definitely don't include them if you're posting your resume online, like you said, just for straight privacy issues. Yeah. Yeah. You're hundred percent. I mean, the references section, I mean, it's, it's assumed that a candidate mm-hmm. will be able to supply references at some point. So mm-hmm. like you said, if you need that extra space to keep it two pages or less, definitely just take, take the references section off. I think it goes back to as well, like when you were talking about, you know, you were given that advice in college, I was definitely, we were told you have to put this phrase on your resume. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that it just doesn't, nobody tells you different. So you do what you were told, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Stick with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for joining this episode of the Conic Blueprint. Brought to you by Conic, a recruiting company focused on architecture, engineering, and manufacturing in the Midwest. Find out more at ConicNetwork.com and follow us on LinkedIn. Also, follow this podcast for the latest episodes. We're excited to hear your thoughts, so please leave us a review and let us know what you think. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time on the Conic Blueprint Podcast. Podcast.